So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. And so when they eventually got round to making Die Hard, they were contractually obliged to give Frank Sinatra first refusal on starring in the movie. So <laughs> oh, he was still alive then? Yes, it wasn't yes. a Weekend at Bernie scenario. No, <laughs> no. I think if you're, if, you're, I think if you're dead, girl, they don't have right. to offer you the job. Right? Yeah. They kill me. You got uh. Tony Bennett wheeling him around. Hey, what do you say? We drop this guy off the side of the building. What do you say, Frankie, baby? Maybe Frank doesn't like to talk so much boy. anymore. <laughs> Smashing Security, Episode 159, Rap, Robbery, and IoT Holiday Hell, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 159. My name's Graham Cluley. 159, Graham, jeez. I'm Carol Terrio. Hello, Carol. All right? <laughs> Graham, you sound a bit weird. What's going what on? Where are you calling weird? me from? Well, uh, are you in the loo? I'm at a mystery location. I've been sent somewhere on Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> I don't want to go into precise details, but I've ended up in a fairly, uh, fairly small room. Are you sitting on a crapper device? That, I, I, I'm quite comfortable, thank you. <laughs> oh I've got God. everything I should need. Are you far enough away from home that when you do flush, the to- the, the water goes in the opposite direction? <laughs> Well, look, I don't, I don't know how much of this echo you're going to be able to hear, but uh, it, it is it is a little bit echoey where I am, yes, and I'll leave the rest <laughs> to your imagination. Those dulcet tones were those of Dave Bittner are, uh, from the Cyberwire. Welcome, Dave. Hello. It's nice to be back. <laughs> we're going to do a gentle episode because Graham's whispering. He's using his <laughs> whisper shout. Hi, everyone. Right. It's a special intimate holiday episode yeah. of Smashing Security. Yeah, exactly. Holidays, yeah. Christmas, New Year, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. This is actually, I think this is our last episode of 2019, right, Cora? Oh, you know, before the onslaught of 2020, when we get Brexit done, <laughs> right? That's what's going to happen. Mm. Oh, it's, yeah. it'll be done in no time at all. And you guys, the voting polls over in the States. Yes. I've just been reading that John McAfee has uh, announced he will be running again as an independent. Hmm. And Well, that's uh, certainly a game changer. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to have a bite of cake right now while you talk about that. 
Anyway. Okay, Crow, as your mouth's full, tell us what's coming up on this week's episode. <laughs> it really is full, though. <laughs> Thanks to this week's sponsors, LastPass. Its support helps us give you this show for you free. You can't do the sponsor <laughs> message where you've got your, your cake hole filled literally with Pain. cake. I don't like the word cake hole. They've paid good money to promote <laughs> themselves on our podcast. Give me a second. I'm just going to have a sip of malt wine. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're hitting all the food groups there, aren't you, Carol? Cake, yep. wine. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Thanks to this week's sponsors, LastPass. Its support helps us give you this show for free. Now, Graham is going to tell us why you shouldn't assume that your social network is your private kingdom. Dave is going to chat about an automotive man-in-the-middle attack. I'm going to be all ears. And I'm heading down the IoT Toy Avenue to see what potholes we should avoid. All this and loads more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Well, chums, chums. Um... There's a few interesting sayings, aren't there? Like the one about you wouldn't put a fox in charge of a hen house, right? Have you ever tried that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Getting a fox, yeah, saying, look, you've got a new job. Come on, you know, act as security at the hen house. You don't do it. It's a disaster, isn't it? <laughs> Dave, have you, <laughs> you wouldn't put a cock in the White House either. You wouldn't put a fox in the hen house. It's as simple as that. There's mm. a very good reason they can't be trusted, Right. Foxes generally can't be trusted, or rather, they can be trusted. They can be trusted to behave in a particular way. They can be trusted to do something very, very bad. I wonder how you would do in a pen full of delicious foods and sandwiches and donuts, whether you would be trusted. So if I was putting a larder full of cheese sandwiches, for instance, right? how well I'd do at at (laughs) looking after them. Yeah, and (laughs) keeping them. There was no one else around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, no, nothing needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, when I was in college, I had a roommate who uh, was a pizza delivery man, and sometimes he would get hungry, so he would he would slice <laughs> off a little sliver of one of the slices, and then he'd readjust all the other pieces to try to fill in the missing gap. <laughs> I love it. I'm just I'm just picturing Graham doing that with a pile of cheese sandwiches. Like no one will notice. I'll just take this one here. I'll slide these over here. We're good here. <laughs> well, well, it's something like that, which the FBI, <laughs> yes, the FBI are now investigating cheese sandwich theft and, and pizza slice theft. The FBI <laughs> claims has happened in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. because a 29-year-old bank employee of the Wells Fargo Bank, he has been charged with stealing $88,000 from the bank's own customers. Well, that means from the bank, surely, right? Well, yes. That's the interesting thing, isn't it? When you give money to a bank, you know, you've only got their word for it, really, that it's still your money. You've basically given them money, haven't you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're you're kind of loaning it to them, really. And you you hope that when you come back and ask for it, that they've still got it. Well, yeah. so So he was pinching this money, allegedly, I should say. Okay. How did he do this? How did he do this? Okay. His name is Orlando Henderson, and he was effectively given the keys to the vault by the bank itself. What he would do, one of his jobs was that people would come into the bank and they would bring in a big pile of cash, right? So I imagine there are some businesses which aren't getting the money electronically, aren't getting it on checks, but are getting it in a big sort of wadge, right? You get a great big bag full of cash, you plonk it down on the bank and say, hey, I want to check Dave every Friday, right? I was thinking about uh, the time you spent working in that gentleman's club, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Shush. And, uh, yeah. And 
This is what anyway, it's like so, to uh, do a podcast with two middle-aged white men. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wow. Seasonal. <laughs> yeah, so I think people in those circumstances, they expect the bank to be trustworthy, don't they? So I think people don't actually count the money, right? They just bring in a bag of cash bag, and say, I want to deposit this. And the bank's machine goes, jugga, 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 counting up all of the money, all of the coins, working out what the total is, right? And then mm. the person behind the desk says, oh, yes, that's, you know, 17,000 pounds and 27 cents. Well, no, it wouldn't be pounds and cents, would it? We haven't quite no, got it would be yet. real money. So, so <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that isn't real money anymore. So $17,000 or something like that, right? And, and, and off you go. And you think, well, marvelous. You know, my bank account has been credited to that amount. Now, Orlando Henderson, according to the FBI was being a little bit naughty. And what he was doing was he would take that big bag of cash, he would put it through the machine, the counting machine, and then he would say to the person, it's not 17,033 cents. Instead, what you've got here is maybe 10,033 cents. And then he would take off the 7,000 himself. Okay, I kind of hmm. used to do this when I was a waitress, right? <laughs> so, you used to do what? So <laughs> at this particular restaurant I worked at, we had to share the tips with everyone in the restaurant, including the bosses, which I found unfair. What? So yeah. I would basically shove my pockets <laughs> with any of the change that I got. Now, it wasn't a lot of money. It was a big fancy place. But uh, yes, yeah, say you'd gotten, you know, I don't know, 20 bucks during that night, you would try and pocket four or five for yourself. Mm. I was a, in college, I was a waiter. Um, I was actually a singing waiter on a lunch and dinner cruise boat, which is a whole nother you were. story. <laughs> and, uh, but we had to share our tips with the, um, I'll wait. While, sorry, while Graham, yeah, sorry. I'll grab pictures. Oh, Graham, don't fall mind. off the loo. Don't fall off the loo. <laughs> yeah, I'll just wait. I'll wait. Are we good? Okay. Yeah, we're yeah. good. So, I'm just imagining it. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. So it's everything that you're imagining and more. Because remember also it was like the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s. So also that just looked fabulous. I bet. So, um, but we had to share our tips with the bartenders. And I will right. tell you at the end of the night when you were there counting up whatever tips you got, those bartenders were – Eagle-eyed, looking over oh. you, doing doing oh, yeah. the math in their heads, making sure that you weren't oh. shorting them. <laughs> so basically, he's doing the same kind of thing, but from a bank. Allegedly, yes. Hmm. Right. And uh, so he's been charged more than 30 counts of financial institution, fraud, theft, embezzlement, money laundering, other charges as well. All kinds of naughtiness. Now, you might be wondering, well, where's the computer angle in all this? Mm. Where does that go? You know, because it's a bit of an old-fashioned fraud, this, right? He would take the money, he would pop off down the road, and he would pay in lots and lots of money on a regular basis in an ATM to another bank where he had a bank account. That's where he was siphoning off all this money which he was stealing. But where things began to go wrong for him was because he was a bit of a social media slut, right? Oh, He started posting... Hmm? (laughs) I'm just thinking you might know what that's like. Season of cheer and goodwill. What do you grow? Can we just for one episode? Very active in the social sphere. Would you not say that's true? Hmm. And if someone was very sexually active with lots of different people on different different networks, you might say they were a bit slutty. So it fits. Hmm. He started posting photos on Facebook, on Instagram. 
many of which appeared to show him waving around large wads of cash and uh, and smoking something, which uh, I, I believe the young children call a doobie. <laughs> Ganja, uh, right, or, okay. A Narnia wand. A Mary a Jane rat, pipe. <laughs> a, a Twiggerette, a Hansworth <laughs> firework, a hedge monkey, a Puff Puff Pass, a Rasta Blaster. Oh, is this where you put all your work into your story? Is that, is that where it was? A Jazz Cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> a Jazz Cigarette's my favourite. <laughs> Love that, right? A jazz. So he was he was posting all these, and but but keep keep up the uh, the the sort of shizzle manizzle puff daddy straight out of Compton look. He was also fancying himself as something of a rap star, going by the nickname A C Fawazi. Easy to type. (laughs) Yeah, just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. And so he he was actually not only posting up pictures of his glamorous lifestyle as a bank teller uh, in reality, but also pictures of himself in front of the white Mercedes, which he'd bought, and his great big wads of cash. He even posted a rap video, which I've linked to in the show notes, and we, we can check <laughs> uh, it no, out right no, now. No, no, that's not... Oh. Of, of him... With an AK forty seven sitting on his sofa. With that top on, I'm a surgeon, I'm a doctor. Fuck the other side, we won't problem. Fifty bands up on my neck, and you ain't gonna take none. Okay, so he's knitting with one needle. Who does that? Well, what he's done is he's made a tremendous goof, of course, because this surprise, surprise, raised suspicions amongst his colleagues. And amongst the bank. And when they were trying to work out who might have been uh, uh, grabbing all this money and they went went through the list of employees on Facebook and Instagram, there was this chap in front of these luxury cars, pimping himself as some kind of rap star, th- literally with the money in his hands. And some of his uh, buddies up on the social media was just like, they were posting comments and who carries that much money around with them? Haven't you heard of a bank? One of his friends responded, well, I Ironically enough, yes, he had. And, Several. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and as a consequence, of course, he could now well end up with a criminal record. Potentially, he could be jailed for up to 25 years if found guilty. The authorities are now investigating this. But once again, we find ourselves in this position of really as a sort of... Uh, a service, I think, for the general public of criminals out there, we, we need to tell them, look, if you're going to rob a bank, and in particular, if you're going to rob the bank where you actually work, it's probably best not to brag about it and post photographs of the evidence up on Instagram and make rap videos about it as well, oh, because Graham. something bad's going to happen Can I tell as a you a secret? The money actually doesn't make people happy. It's other people being jealous of them that makes them happy. So that's why they do it. So what? Right? It's not that drink the crystal. It's to show all your friends you're supping back the crystal. Who's this friend of yours named Crystal? (laughs) It's a fancy champagne. Dave, what's your story for us this week? Well, I want to take us on a little trip. I want to start off by going back to the heady days of the early 1980s. Okay, I'm there. Oh, yes. <laughs> the best. Ronald Reagan is president. Drugs are bad. <laughs> Drugs are bad. Yeah. And uh, a middle-aged man named Bill Bittner decides he wants to buy a car. That man would be my father. Oh. oh. He has a little bit of money in his pocket. He's a hard worker. And he's driving along and he sees on a roadside used car lot. 
a beautiful Cadillac Seville. And he's thinking, how can I possibly afford that? You know, I've spent all my money sending my son to college and he's ended up a singing waiter <laughs> in some restaurants. <laughs> what a waste of money. Yeah, well, true. All true. <laughs> so here's the crazy part about this story. So I put a picture of the car in our show notes so you can both see this Ooh, land yes. yacht of a vehicle, right? This is... Everything bad about 1980s Detroit automotive manufacturing in one beautiful two-toned package. Hey, my boyfriend had one of those when I was a kid. When 16, 17, my first boyfriend. We borrowed mm. dad's car. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Com- you comfy used to leather date seats, Bill right? Bittner? so uh, here goes my my father you know fishtailing into this used car lot running up to the the man in his uh his white loafers and his uh his wide tie and saying let's make a deal and they do my father comes home with his car the the apple of his eye the object of his desire oh you replaced Mm. i hear a bit of uh i hear a bit of you know dad abandoned me for the car feeling i'm fine carol i'm fine So, time passes, and uh, as most of these cars did, this car goes goes horribly wrong. The transmission fails, there's trouble with the engine, and he takes it into the uh, service place, and he says, please fix the car. And they look at it, and, and they, they give it a once-over, and they come back to him, and they say, sir, we've looked at this car, and uh, the things that have gone wrong with this car do not align with the number of miles on the odometer of this car. This car claims to have around 40,000 miles on it. And the things that are going wrong, the amount of wear that we see inside the engine bay, this car probably has 80,000 or so miles on it. Oh, right. so he yeah. had been duped. Someone had done... He okay. had been duped. Now... Was he furious? Uh, well, he kind of... He, he, he took... He, he's not a confrontational kind of person. So he did not go back to the roadside used car lot, which at this point was probably gone. Right, mm. this is a you know, mm-hmm. fly-by-night kind of place. Clearly, so uh, you will recall back in the pre-digital days, uh, this was a mechanical affair. There was a cable that went from inside the the engine compartment to a physical device on the dashboard that was the odometer. This is the thing that yes. rolled the digits roll over, and that shows how many miles there are on the car. And people back then would have to they'd call it cracking open the odometer to roll it back. And this, of course, is a crime. Uh, you're not allowed to do that because of you, the, if you alter the mileage on the car, that could change the value of the car, which is exactly what happened to my, my poor, uh, sweet father. So, time passes. Just a couple weeks ago, I was watching one of my favorite YouTube channels, which is called BigClive.com. And Clive uh, takes apart electronic devices. Mm-hmm. A very charming fellow. And he had a device that was someone had sent in to him. And this is basically an electronic man-in-the-middle attack. It's a little device that goes on a modern vehicle's CAN bus. And the okay. CAN bus is the controller area network. That's the, the electronic communications bus that runs all over your car yeah. that uh, communicates with all the different devices that need to talk to each other. So what this device does is it takes the readings from the ECU, which I think is the electronic control <laughs> it's unit. Like, in the car. Wah, wah, it's like wah, 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 for me. <clears throat> yeah. Carry on. I'm just going to so pay that's attention. The, that's you're the getting all this, girl, are you? you yeah, yeah. Right. I love cars. So it's the computer in the car that's keeping track of how many miles are on the car. 
Now, in modern cars, there can be multiple places where the mileage is stored, and this is to keep people from modifying the mileage, doing essentially an oh, electronic, really? yeah, an electronic rollback. This value is stored in multiple places, and the ECU uh-huh. checks to make sure that they're all in agreement. However, ah. however, and here's where it gets good. Mm-hmm. However, the display on the dashboard is being sent a signal over the CAN bus from the ECU. The ECU says, hey, display on the dashboard, this is how much mileage this car has. And the display says, got it, this is what I'm going to (laughs) show. Yes, there's a massaging. There's a massage in the middle. Yeah, if you're lucky. Now, this (laughs) device (laughs) would intercept the signal from the ECU that said, hey, display, this is how much mileage to display. It would answer back and say, yeah, got it. And then in the meantime, it would alter that value, lower it by, let's say, 40,000 miles, and send that value to the display on the dashboard. Right. So the so car as, always knew the correct amount of mileage, but you well, as the, the e- driver yeah, the, the, wouldn't. The brains of the car thinks that there's nothing going wrong. It, it's it's communicating with the, the display and they're all talking to each other. And, and as far as it, it's concerned, everything's fine. But this man in the middle attack is intercepting that message, altering yeah. it, sending it to the display. So if now you go to, let's say, sell your car or get your car appraised for sale or something like that. The yeah. person looks at the display and it's much lower sorry, than it should be. I'm sorry. I, I triggered. That was Siri. That was me. <laughs> so the display uh, is now showing something that is inaccurate, but un, as far as the car is concerned, it doesn't know that there's anything wrong. So uh, on this video from BigClive.com, he, he basically reverse engineers this device. In, and what's interesting, it's not terribly complicated. Uh, you can mm. buy these online for under $20. And it's not that hard to install. Really? Uh, really. Okay. Um, so uh, this, this, what, I guess what surprised me about this was that I would have thought that there would be some sort of security over the CAN bus. But at this point in time, there'd be some sort of security on the CAN bus. And evidently, there isn't. The, the CAN bus sort of trusts that anything coming from inside the car is, is And is this on is all trustworthy. cars? Uh, I would say most modern cars, certainly. Yeah, I think the I think CAN bus uh, technology goes back to, certainly to the 90s. So yeah. anything you're going to have in the last 10 years, all, the systems are all going to be running. They're going to be slinging data around on a CAN bus for sure. Um, there are some things that have a, a higher level of security, like the, the anti-lock brake actuators, things like that. Mm. But uh, well, overall, that's nice. At least few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the, the amount of security built into the CAN bus protocol is quite limited. And I think this is an area where they didn't think they'd have a problem. So maybe they need to take a, another look at it. Anyway, do check out the video. It's, it's interesting uh, reverse engineering of this thing. And uh, I, thought, I thought it was quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I'm just really like uh, I, when I – cars are, and I don't really – get each other at all. Like when people start talking cars, I kind of just turn into like a weird zombie. Like I start, you know, just going, yeah. uh. So I am so sorry. Hello, Graham. Have we 
lost him? Dave, I think we've lost Graham. You, and you mean actually lost him, not just uh, intellectually? <laughs> well, I don't think we ever had him intellectually, really. Let's be honest. <laughs> I think he's dropped off the call, and I suggest you and I just carry on without him. Shall we just see Ooh. what happens? I know, dirty. It's the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, f- you, Cluley. Okay. <laughs> you know, Carol, I've never really had the opportunity to tell you how I really feel about you. And now, at last, with Graham out of the way. <laughs> tell me after the show. First. <laughs> Very good. Very good. You invite me into my story. Say, and Carol, what do you have? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, and Carol, what do you have for us this week? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dave. Now, uh, have you been frantically shopping this Christmas season? Hmm. By frantically shopping, I think you could say that I've been spending a lot of time in the Amazon app on my phone. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, thinking about gifts for people, thinking about what you want to gift yourself, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, it is the season. <laughs> it is the season, baby. Now, what portion of your Christmas purchases do you think are smart? Or would you say are have the IoT or Wi-Fi enabled or internet enabled toys? Mm, well, Even I mean, for the kids... Yeah, yeah. For the kids, lots of things, because if it's not connected, they don't want it these days. <laughs> I, hey, I'm, I'm going to do Graham. Yeah, same here. Yeah, exactly the same. My kid would be like, that's dead to me if I can't use internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but seriously, seriously, I don't think it surprises me at all. I mean, there is a veritable glut of smart shit out there being marketed to kids and adults, <laughs> right? With money to burn. Like phones and tablets and smart TVs and speakers and smart irons. I'm sure that exists somewhere. It must. (laughs) The question is, is it so smart of us to buy all this stuff without really thinking about whether it's safe or not? In fact, I'm sure lots of us think about it. It's like a whisper in our brain. Like, is this going to be safe? Yeah, probably. I think that's fair for most people. I think maybe we think we, we probably give it a, a, a nanosecond more time than most people just because of the, 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 the horrible things that we know. But then we just go on with our lives and do it anyway. Do you have a home um, assistant at home, a home speaker thingy? Uh, I do not. But we Ooh. have uh, Siri is everywhere in our house right. because we're very Apple centric. So I, we we rely on her to do things like turn the lights on and off and tell us when doors and are open and so on and so forth. Graham here would probably make some quip like, uh, yeah, she even comes uninvited like when you're recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is Christmas, right? And I know that even if people are worried and thinking I probably need to look into this, but I don't have times, they're just going to buy the smart tech anyway. So... Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking is maybe you and I can share, because Graham's not here, because he couldn't be bothered to join us on this call. (laughs) We can share some advice on what people should look out for before they walk away with a cyber time bomb that's just waiting to mess up. I love this idea. Let's do it together. (laughs) Yay! There are like um, lots of, you know, toy firms that are primarily toy firms, which means they make toys, right? They're not necessarily uh, au fait with making the technology or uh, cybersecurity, right? That's not their that's not their wheelhouse. Right. You don't know who they jobbed out the programming exactly. to. Exactly. UK consumer watchdog, which found that even Mattel smart toys were among those dinged because they are found to have security flaws. And this is this year, they've just put out this report. 
So there's this toy, this physical toy um, that Mattel makes called Bloxels, okay? And it's basically, it's a, a, a toy that allows you to build your own video game. And there's an app associated with it. And there's also this web portal for consumers, like an education consumer web portal that was created, like you said, by a third party. And one of the things that these guys found uh, was that there was no moderation. So kids could create games, put loads of inappropriate content, such as swearing, which is what they tried, but you can, you know, to your heart's content, and then would put the game up there for other kids to play with. The other problem was that accounts could be created with very weak passwords, right? So that totally can destroy your entire security posture if you've got passwords that can be four characters long. Go on. <laughs> so basically, reputable, trusted toy makers have to really, really think hard about who they partner with to IOTize their toys. Um, because faults on the connectivity side can lead to big headaches for your brand. Yeah. And as buyers, we've got to be careful about what IoT machines we allow in our homes. Because we're kind of giving this to the people that we basically love most of all to play with. Mm-hmm. Rule number two. Rule number two. How smart is it, right? So what technology is it making use of or is enabled by default? So is there a Bluetooth connection? Is there a Wi-Fi connection? Does it have a mobile app that's associated? Are all these components necessary for the device or for the service you're trying to use? Or can some elements be turned off or disabled? Hmm. If you think, for example, like a mobile app, there may be settings that automatically turn on during the default installation. And I'd recommend you go look at those access rights, right? Like, do you need to have a microphone as part of this thing? Does the microphone need to be turned on? What about the photo album? Do you want them to have access to the photo album, to your contact list? And before you say, yeah, no problem, as soon as you click yes, they just hoover all that data up, right? And every time Mm -hmm. afterwards, they just collect the changes. So think really hard before you say yes to those things. Well, but also I think in the heat of the moment on Christmas morning when uh, the, the, the wrapping paper is being flung <laughs> yes. hither and yon, um, that, the, that kid who's just trying to get that thing working, they're going, just going to click through yes, 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 take it all yep. in order to start playing. So maybe inserting yourself in that process to slow it down and say, okay, does, does your new Transformers Optimus Prime really need to be able to download the entire family's contacts list? Or couldn't you, okay, wouldn't a bright parent open it up really carefully the night before, get it all set up and battery operated and get the, everything charged, set all the devices to mm. be perfectly safe and then put it back in the packaging? <laughs> That's what you should do, Right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, kids. We got to send uh, these toys out to IT for provisioning. No, you do uh, it before they get it. When you're like in your bedroom yeah, yeah. at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is this is where we are now. Instead of putting together a bicycle the night before, you're you're putting in Wi-Fi passwords. Yep. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Okay, rule number three, find out about the security settings on the particular device you're looking to purchase, right? For for me, the most important would probably be, can it get updates? Like, is it even physically possible for it to get some software updates? And how would that work? Hmm. What do I have to do to make sure that happens? Is it on by default? Is it not? Whatever. 
And then does it have any user authentication, right? Like when I plug it in and give it my Wi-Fi, does it say to me, who are you? And uh, what secret word or secret handshake can we use to make sure I know it's you other than just your name? Lots of mm-hmm. devices don't have any of that, right? No, and they, they, they don't require you to change the default password. Yeah. Or in some cases, you can't even change it. Now, if you can change it, mm. how long and complex a password can you do? Because we, as we talked about, if it's only limited to four character pin code. Right. Yeah. So those are, those are the big ones I think of. Two more. Two more and we're done. <laughs> but you can interrupt any time. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the big one and the hard one. But what information is being collected from your kid, right? Or what is being shared with third parties, right? So... We just, we live in a bit of a tech wild west. I know I keep saying that, but even tech daddy Google, you know, the ones that are basically paving the way for everyone else and setting the ethical standards for how we should use computing was fined 170 million squidoodles for, you know, to settle with an FTC accusation that they were violating children's privacy on YouTube. Mm. You get well-respected companies like LeapFrog. This was just in the summer, which had serious vulnerabilities in their LeapPad Ultimate tablets that could allow a hacker to track the location of a child and then talk to them through the device's built-in chat called Pet Chat. Well, you know, I was recently chatting over on the CyberWire with uh, Emily Wilson. She's a fraud expert at a company called Terbium Labs, and she was making the point that when it comes to kids, parents might want to consider coming up with sort of false aliases for their children to use to log on to these things because that way you can try to delay or head off this aggregate data collection that's happening with all of us where these you know people like Google and Facebook are are collecting these these dossiers about all of us if you can delay that for your child uh that might be a good thing to consider so when you're when you're putting in your child's name and and those sorts of things maybe it could you could even make it a fun thing with the child to come up with some sort of you know fun name that's not their own I'm being a bit, you know, uh, doom and gloom here, right? Okay, so you change the name, right? <laughs> and you build a profile. You and your kid build a right. profile. But all it's the other information that, yep. that, that that annoys me, like all the secret information they're hoovering up from your location, for example. So say it's a tablet that your kid takes around with them whenever they go, yeah. and you've allowed an app on there that's allowed to hoover up all your navigation information that is taken from that thing. And you, you that's not something you would think about unless – you read the T's and C's. And you don't have to read all the T's and C's. If you were yeah. just to do one bit, right, you just go read the privacy notices. Because what you're looking for is what information are you taking from me? How is that information stored and used? And who else will have access to this, if anybody? Those are like, in my view, the biggest questions. That's well, and do you have the fortitude to to say to your child, no, you're not going to have this year's hot toy because it's it's not safe. It's not private. It's not secure. Are you willing to take that heat? Are you are you willing to to uh, to live through that tantrum? So I uh, I thought you might say something like this, Dave. So I thought my rule number five is to go old school, <laughs> right? So as you have kids, I'm going to give you my old school examples, right? For old school, cool suggestions. And I want you to tell me whether you think it'll work with your kids, okay? Or kids yeah. you know. All right. Option number one. Yeah. Mix cassette tapes. Now, you may not know, but I am on trend. They are seriously making a comeback. So if you can find your teen some old blank tapes huh. All right. and a working boom box, 
as long as the tape recording component works. And then they have to try and make a mixtape from radio, like we did in the 80s, 80s styly. I mean, did you ever make these when you were a kid? Oh, did I ever make these when I was a kid? I was a master of the pause button. Yeah, what about you, Graham? No, I never did that. Never knew anything about it. Oh, no surprise there. (laughs) Anyway, Dave, you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what we lived for. There was no internet back then, so we were making mixtapes and passing them around, and you just sit by the radio, just... Well, and you're waiting for your favorite song to come on because you couldn't afford to go buy it at the record store. So you, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's coming back. (laughs) Casey Kasem was the first Mm -hmm. one. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On Sunday, I think. Yep. Now it's time for our long distance dedication. You are Casey. You could, you could replace his voice. (laughs) Yeah. I've got a pretty good Casey Kasem, I have to admit. But yeah, spent lots of hours listening to him. Mm hmm. Yeah, you could add a zero to your to your CyberWire paycheck. Just pull out the Casey Kasem. Yeah. 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 So mixed t- cassette tapes. That's quite cool, right? Okay. I okay, I can go with that. I'm on board. Would you would would, would any of your kids go for it? Uh I think so. My oldest probably would. Yeah. Hello. Oh, I think Graham's joined us again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello. Well, Carol, I disagree. I don't actually think that uh, Graham is a child predator, no matter what you say. So, uh, and I think I think we shouldn't kick him off the show. Uh, Seriously, what's been going on? What? Oh, Graham, welcome back. We were just talking about you. Yeah, yeah, taken over. Yeah, you know what? Just you know what? Like someone who leaves an auditorium right to go have a poop. Uh-huh. They come back quietly, right? They don't call attention to themselves. Yeah. I'm just almost, I'm wrapping just up my section. having some private Thank time. Thank you so much for being present. Yeah. He needed to gather himself. I didn't do a poop. It's a sure, Huawei sure, sure. Blame Huawei. Yeah, thankfully, it's he's an, username and password yeah. was admin. He's an admin. international traveler. We can't expect all of his time. C- carry on. Thank you. <laughs> I'll try and catch up. So the other thing that they could get, like if they were into chess, for instance, right? Um, Mm. Maybe a chess-styled salt and pepper shaker, which a Twitter user actually suggested to me that I buy for Graham. But as he couldn't even be bothered to listen to my story. No, I could be bothered. I was... Okay. So I think that would be a lovely gift for Graham. But I think if you were to give a child a salt and pepper shaker... Shape. I mean, that's like that's like you're gonna lose your cool aunt uh, street cred. <laughs> yeah, yes, I will exactly. very oh. quickly. Hmm. Yeah. What about experiences, though? Would you ever think about getting that for your kids? Like, if they were into food, you get in the cooking class, yes. or if they're into eating, you book them a table somewhere yes. and like chef it up a bit. Absolutely. They, I like that yes. kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Experiences are better than stuff. I had an experience last night. I was out for dinner and uh, talking of salt and pepper, they had a salt and pepper thing and it had, um, it had uh, crickets inside it. And when you scrunched it up, out bits, little bits of crickets went. Where are you eating? Well, thanks for sharing that, Graham. (laughs) 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 And the next day, this place was shut down. You're talking about salt and pepper. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much. Maybe it was a friend's house. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. It's good. Pick of the week, anyone? If Graham hadn't come back, we wouldn't. We would have missed that story. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> I'm going to get more mulled wine. <laughs> <laughs>
Guys, it's holiday season, and there are two things I know to be true during holiday season. One, you are probably going to get a new device that needs to be connected to the internet, either at home or in the office. And two, if you don't use a reputable password manager, you're very likely to forget your passwords when you get back to work. So, why not check out LastPass? LastPass makes password security effortless. It's good for employees, it's good for the home. With single sign-on, you can access all your accounts. Do yourself a favor this holiday season and check out LastPass at smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass. Owen Graham, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash. And welcome back. Can you join us at our favorite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Definitely shouldn't be. It's the last episode of the year. Mm-hmm. Great. For an awful moment there, I thought you'd both fallen off the line and I was talking to myself. <laughs> oh, imagine imagine how you'd cope then. You'd just fine, as, as, as our listeners know. <laughs> well, yippee kaye melon farmer, because my pick of the week is related to a movie. Um, can you guess which one? Yes, Die Hard, maybe one of the ultimate Christmas movies of all time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's Sorry, not actually. Is your, not, is your is yes pick of the week Die Hard? No, my pick of the week isn't Die Hard. My pick of the week. Is related to Die Hard, however, because regular listener Harry, uh, who uh, often tweets us on the uh, Twitter sphere, he, he's out there. Hello, Harry. Harry said to me, uh, he said he's Irish, by the way. He said, "Oh, Graham Begora, you should you should make your pick of the week this thing on Netflix, which I've seen." And he pointed me towards a Netflix series called "The Movies That Made Us," which takes you behind the scenes of fabulous movies like. I don't know, Home Alone and Die Hard and others I can't remember at the moment. And uh, it tells you the stories of the movies. And it's fairly light and frothy, but at the same time quite fun. And so I thought, as it's Christmas, and as I like Alan Rickman, I should watch the episode about Die Hard. And uh, I found out facts I didn't know. For instance, Die Hard. Did you know Die Hard was originally written under a different name way back in the 1960s? And... It was a sequel to What's a detective. Oh, for goodness sake. I haven't got that written down. It's something like No One Lives Forever. It was something like No One Lives Forever or something like that. Anyway, it was the sequel hmm. to another book, which was turned into a Frank Sinatra movie. So Die Hard is actually a sequel. And Frank Sinatra owned the rights to the sequel to the movie, which is in. So the, the sequel, which became hmm. Die Hard, right? And so when they eventually got round to making this movie in the 1980s, they were contractually obliged to give Frank Sinatra first refusal on starring in the movie. So <laughs> oh, he was still alive then? Yes, It wasn't yes. a week in a Bernie scenario. No. <laughs> no, I think if you're, if you're, I think if you're dead, girl, they don't have right. to offer you the job. Right. Yeah, like, kill me. You got uh. Tony Bennett wheeling him around. <laughs> hey, Frank, what should we do? <laughs> what do you say? We drop this guy off the side of the building. What do you say, Frankie, baby? Maybe Frank I doesn't like to talk much so much, much anymore. 
<laughs> I love Weekend at Bernie's. It's a way better film. My husband and I argue about it all the time. He's always Die Hard, and I'm hey, like, Weekend at Bernie's. I got or a Shark machine Attack gun. Shark Attack 3. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> have you seen Shark Attack 3, Dave? I have not seen any of okay. the Shark Attack movies. Okay. You don't uh, need to watch uh, them. Uh, only Shark Attack 3. <laughs> it's the only one that's good, and you just need to watch it for one line, which comes about halfway through. And after that, but yep. you'll love it. You it's will from love John it. Barrowman. You you'll it. know the line when he says it. Uh, yes. Okay. You don't need any. You just have to. Everyone out there, this well. is my challenge to you. Anyone who's adult. <laughs> now I know what I'm doing with my winter break. It is, the, well, an hour and a half of it. But it's it is well a fantastic worth Bulgarian <laughs> cinema at its finest. It is Bulgarian, isn't it? Right. Because there's a surprising yeah. number of Bulgarian actors in it. And you're thinking, why, why is this guy? And he's obviously a friend of the producer or something who's in the movie. And somehow mm-hmm. John Barrowman as well. But yes. Anyway, back to my pick of the week, bro. We'll come on to Shark Attack. Oh, yeah, back to you, of course. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so. The, the series is called The Movies That Made Us, and it's quite entertaining. And you find out all this stuff, like Sinatra turned down the job, as did Burt Reynolds and Mel Gibson and Arnie and Sylvester Stallone. And uh, they're hmm. writing a bit. And uh, they were very worried about the movie because it had all these jokey bits. But the biggest problem of all was, of course, Bruce Willis, who was considered this sort of jokey, arrogant, smug sort of moonlighting character. Sexy and well, as all hell. Do you think... Hmm. Yes. Well, I don't know about now, but certainly during moonlighting years and early diehards. Come on, barefoot, wearing a wearing a little tank top. Hello. Right. Okay. Well, uh, originally they actually hid his face from the posters because test audiences had just laughed at the idea of him being a action. Well, who's laughing now? Right, (laughs) Brucey. I don't know if you've seen the latest Die Hard movie. Not (laughs) Sinatra. Well, still probably uh, probably earning more than the podcast is. Anyway, so that is (laughs) thanks to Harry for uh, listening to the show and suggesting to me that uh, our listeners should watch the movies that made us on Netflix and specifically the Die Hard. So I'm happy. Yeah, there you go. That's all you can ask for these days, isn't it? That's about it. Dave, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is a podcast. It is called the Strong Songs Podcast. And uh, this is a podcast in which the host, Kirk Hamilton, uh, takes deep dives into pieces of music. Uh, He is a musician and he knows his stuff. He knows music theory. Um, And he goes through a song and just deconstructs it. Uh, tells the audience what's going on inside that song, uh, what's going on musically, what's going on lyrically, um, what's going on with all the different instruments that are being played in the song, the structure of the song. Uh, oh. And the way that he does it is so joyful. He just loves everything about all of these songs that he talks about. And it's a, it's a contagious enthusiasm. Um, he's done some, uh, a variety of songs. He's done everything from, um, like Think by Aretha Franklin. He did Like a Prayer by Madonna. He's done songs by I Will Always Love You by Dolly yep, Parton. Barracuda by Heart. Yeah. Uh, uh, personal. Yeah. Uh, he did Tiny Dancer and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Um, he, so. Anything from Kiss? I don't think he's done anything by Kiss yet. Or, or Prince. Prince. He did Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. He did Thriller by Michael yeah. Jackson. He did Single Ladies by Beyonce. Dave, so, I've, I've just subscribed. You haven't got yeah. to say any more. It sounds it's, absolutely fantastic. 
It is. It is. It. Uh, my only. Uh, I, my only wish is that there were more of them, uh, which is the highest compliment I, I think I can give to a podcast. So, uh, uh, do check it out. I have a wish for you to do for them is mm-hmm. get HTTPS on their website <laughs> because that's like pretty. You know, we are a security podcast. I don't mean to bring security oh, up and pick of the Carol. week, but come on, dude. Carol. You could just email him and say, "Dude, I'll I'll show you how. Mm. I'll show you how. I have friends." Carol, he's on Libsyn. He should be able to do that. Yeah, surely. he should. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's only been a year it's old. A he has no excuse. Come on. No. Well, For goodness sake, man. Yeah, but I will subscribe because the podcast doesn't. You know. Yeah, you don't have to go to a podcast things. website exactly. to subscribe to it. So. Exactly. Yeah, I think that sounds absolutely marvelous. But I did. I did because I was listening to Dave, and you know, he's now put me at risk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, Dave. this yeah, I'm here to serve. So uh, I very much enjoy this podcast, and if you're a, a music uh, fan, music geek like I'm me, in. there's there's lots to enjoy here. So check it out. It is the Strong Songs podcast. I think we should just edit Dave saying, "I very much enjoy this podcast," and put that in our clip. <laughs> very perfect right. intro to the podcast, right? In, to the show. This uh-huh. week. Yes. Love this yes, podcast. It's the best. It's the best. I all I want is more. <laughs> right, right. I was thinking as Dave was saying, you know, that the highest compliment he can pay is uh, any podcast I, have more. I only wish there was more. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. If, if, if only we didn't have episode 159 <laughs> of Smashing Security after how this it's has been gone. It's been perfect actually. We had a really nice time. We had no problems, Graham. We oh, had there was no a good issues. It was there in really? the middle. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh-huh. So, Carol, your pick of the week. Well, my pick of the week. <laughs> now, I know last week I threw my toys out of the pram about pick of the week, and I'm sorry. Yes. And as it's the holidays, and many of you will be hiding, no doubt, from the in-laws and the like, I thought I would give you a uh, something to distract you. And this is Apple right. TV's show called Truth Be Told. And the reason I've chosen it is because we, Smashing Security, will not be recording for a few weeks uh, so we can recharge our batteries for 2020 because God knows Graham needs it. But I thought Mm -hmm. I would check out a podcast-related series that would maybe tie you guys over until we return to the internet waves, right? So it's called Mm. Truth Be Told. Here's the premise. So Poppy Parnell, okay, snappy name. This is played by Octavia Spencer. She's a true crime podcaster returning to the case of Warren Cave. This is played by Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad fame. Warren was convicted 20 years ago Mm. of murdering his neighbor when he was only a teen. Now, Poppy, our star, has reason to believe that Warren might be innocent, but she's also got skin in the game because Basically, she got famous, you know, she wrote a series of stories that made her career, and she's concerned that her reporting led to his conviction. So, that's the story. So, I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting, right? I can identify. I'm a podcaster. I like crime stuff. Great, right? But I don't know if I recommend it. It's that kind I, of pick I, of the week, is it? I spent about four hours what? watching it. <laughs> no, I, I spent four hours listening <laughs> 
And I felt I would do a review, okay? Because it turned out. I so see. It's all oh, a little review bit brothers uh-huh. and sisters, you know, for me to be. What do you mean, brothers and sisters? Is that like sons oh, and daughters? Oh, you know, like navel gazy and like, am I good enough? Should I feel guilty? Do I love my dad enough? There's a lot of that stuff going on. And there's all this Scandi noir music, you know, deep and meaningful and hopeless and echoey. You're kind of constantly dealing with her feelings of guilt and her family's lack of support and her passion. (laughs) But I kept watching it. Okay, and it's not even finished yet. A new episode comes out every Friday. I've watched about four. And I think I like to scoff at it because she keeps missing the mark of what makes a great story, in my opinion. So if that grabs you, it's fun. As a Christmas activity, oh, check yeah. out Truth Be Told on Apple TV. Wow. Yeah, I'll devote several hours to that, Crow. Thank you for that recommendation. That's, uh, yeah, I'll get right on yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> well, boy, that's Crow, a great recommendation. Crow, this is on the uh, new Apple TV Plus service, right? Yeah, I've joined. So, yeah. I'm part, of the, I'm part of the fam. Oh. Yeah. That's right really. now, so far, I've only been, you know, been hanging around for about a week. I've not really seen anything to make you click your heels, but, you know, watch the space. We'll see. What, what, what's the big reason to get Apple TV Plus? Because, you know, if, if, uh, if for Because instance, we got a new device in our house that came with free. So we're checking it out. Oh, I see. There's a free trial, is it? Yeah. If you get it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I'm just yeah. thinking, you know, I've got so many of these things. Yeah, we've been watching, uh, I forget, I think it's called The Morning Show. Is that what it is? With There's Jennifer Aniston. Is it good? And, uh, but, yes, yes. Uh, I My wife is into it. She's several episodes in. I only watched the first one so far, and uh, it was pretty good. It, it was it was good enough that I would watch more of it, but uh, I don't know that it would ever actually be my pick of the week or anything. But uh... <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Exactly. I've done Thank 159 you. of these. <laughs> <laughs> And on that bombshell, oh. Graham, I'm trying to give you your cues. Jeez. On that bombshell. Time lag. Um, <laughs> I think we've just about wrapped it up. Dave, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to hear more of your dulcet uh, ASMR tones. Where could they do that? And what's the best way for folks to follow you? So many opportunities, Graham. So many opportunities. <laughs> I am, of course, the host of the Daily Cyberwire podcast. I'm the co-host of the Hacking Humans podcast. I'm the co-host of the Caveat podcast. <laughs> Sometimes I appear <laughs> on the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast. <laughs> really, th- at this point, there are more podcasts that I host than I do not host. So, uh, and uh, after our little time together, I think Carol and I have agreed that I'm gunning for you, Graham. So next. Uh... <laughs> no, well, he's, I, he's I, much I, nicer to me, Graham. Like you we'll may want to up game a little bit. I could never replace Graham and Carol's Yeah, it's a heart. special little box yeah. just for him. <laughs> oh, you know, say where you live on Twitter as well, Dave. Go on. It's at Bittner, B-I-T-T-N-E-R. Marvellous. And you can follow us on Twitter as well at Smash Insecurity. No G, Twitter allows to have a G. And you can also carry on the discussion on Reddit. Go and find the Smash Insecurity subreddit up there. And once again, thanks to this week's Smashing Security sponsored LastPass. Its support helps us give you the show for free. And of course, thank you to you listeners. How will we survive the next few weeks without you? Lord only knows. But we wish you at least a tolerable Christmas season and a wonderful night to bring in the new year. And seriously, guys... 
in-betweeners and outliers, a huge thank you for listening to us every week, supporting us via Patreon, and giving us the coveted podcast reviews. It's butt-jigglingly wonderful of you. (laughs) Check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and info on how to get in touch with us. Until the new year, cheerio, bye-bye. Happy Christmas! Happy Holidays! Happy Hanukkah! <laughs> How's the wine, Carol? Um, I'm about eight bottles in. No, I'm kidding. I've had a glass. I'm fine. Oh, my God. I haven't eaten any cake. But now I am. Pecan banana cake. Yeah. Ugh. Delicious. I think that show went pretty smoothly, all in all, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start, start to finish. Boy, that was... Graham, uh... you know what? It's totally fine. <laughs> what? We've got this. Yeah, we've got it. Rock and roll. It's awesome. <laughs> what a way to end the decade. Oh, my God. It's the last of a decade. Dave's right. Yeah. My, how exciting. Yeah, just wait till next year.